Welcome to Action Chapel International. We are one church in many locations worldwide. We are so excited that you took the time to join us today to feed on God's word and to enrich your spirit. We know that your life will never be the same. Now please join us for this powerful message. can do better. With our hands lifted up all over this place, let's give thanks. Say, Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for loving kindness, for tender mercies, for your steadfast love, for renewed mercies, recognizing the gift of life. That is, this is a privilege to be alive. Help us to acknowledge and appreciate the gift of life and the reason for which you've kept us alive spared our life and prevented the enemy's claims of our lives. Now in the name of the Lord Jesus, enlighten down our eyes. Give us understanding heart. Clarity in the name of Jesus. Let every attack on our understanding and our sight and our hearing be broken in the name of Jesus and give us a hearing ear a seeing eye that at the end of it all we will register gratitude to you who alone is worthy of our praise and gratitude now we command, let every time-sensitive attack and assignment on our health be broken in the name of Jesus. And we break anything that threatens our life, anything that threatens our future. Let it be broken off in the name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, we declare, any element of surprise the enemy has programmed for us in the womb of 2021 to kill, to steal, to destroy, to incapacitate us, to implicate our lives in any shape or form. We abort it in the name of Jesus. We avert it in the name of Jesus. We intercept it in the name of Jesus. As we put our hands and we intercept, we abort, intercept, abort. In the name of Jesus, we intercept and we abort it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Within and without, within and without, any secret plan, any element of surprise 
the enemy has programmed within and without we intercept we are bought in the name of Jesus amen say lift up and say in the name of Jesus any element of surprise Satan has programmed for me within my walls and without in the name of Jesus to incapacitate me to complicate my life to implicate my destiny to bring me down to bring me to shame to bring me to dishonor in the name of Jesus I intercept it I abort it I overthrow it I terminate it do it right now in the name of Jesus abort intercept terminate it overthrow it in the name of Jesus elements of surprise elements of surprises in the womb of the enemy in the womb of time within our walls within our dwellings concerning our loved ones concerning this house we intercept we abort it in the name of Jesus any element of surprise concerning this house the father of the house our nation we abort it in the name of Jesus now 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 any element of surprise Satan has concerning you this house your loved ones your family and this nation let it be terminated let it be terminated terminate it right now any element of surprise concerning you your family your loved ones this house Ghana we intercept we abort it we terminate it in the name of Jesus we terminate it in the name of Jesus we terminate any element of surprise in the womb of time in the womb of the enemy we abort it we intercept it we overthrow it we terminate it in the name of Jesus let it be terminated in the name of Jesus amen please be seated it's good to be with you thanks for coming and for everyone that has tuned in on Dominion Television channel 364 and on social media thank you for tuning in for the second service for some time now I've been talking about different issues we've dealt with the test of our faith at the times we live in and the events of the, the times uh, it's a test of faith it is it's a test of one's faith in God it's also a test of our love for God and a test of our character and it's a time also of purging a time of uh, taking time to examine our heart and examine our motives why we serve God why we do the things we do examine our relationships with God and our relationship with one another relationship with father and children have been tested relationship between siblings and relationship between husband and wives 
and friends and loved ones are all being tested. Everything is being tested because the times we live in demands that. It's also a time of pruning when God is pruning the church. So there will be a falling away. Some will fall away. Some will bounce back and others will not. It's a time of pruning. Why pruning? So we can bear more fruit. He said, any branch in me that bears fruit, I prune it so it can bear more fruit. So it's also a time of pruning. It's a testing time and there are so many things going on and happening uh, in the times we live in. These are abnormal times. It's never going to be normal anymore. Some scientists were talking to me and they said that we have to brace ourselves to accept that this coronavirus is something that possibly have come to stay like malaria and any of those diseases. And um, the issue of the vaccine and all those things are things that we have to really examine it in the light of all the uh, conspiracy theories that are flying on social media everywhere. Uh, but the bottom line is it is what it is and we have to live on. You know, some people move out of town, I know them, and they move to the village uh, to avoid contacting the virus. So they, they've been out of town since the lockdown in a village minding their own business and a loved one went to visit them and apparently uh, she had the virus they didn't know and they contacted it in a village out of town. And when I heard it, I said, you know something, this virus uh, is, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing that it's a demon. It pursues you everywhere. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood. Put your hands together and thank God for the blood. But as, as we confront the virus and we, we must have some understanding. We must have an understanding that in the midst of all that is going on, that God knows them that are his. And that God and heaven is under, is under obligation to protect them that are his. Uh, as I said last week, that if the foreign embassies have a common sense that they have the responsibility to protect their embassy staff in every country of the world, evacuating them when there are crises in the country, and making sure, they are, making sure they are well provided for. That's what the Bible says. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. As long as we are sheep and we allow the Lord to be our shepherd, we will not want for anything. We will not want for provision. We will not want for protection. We will not want for direction. We will not want for understanding. Name them. We will want for nothing as long as he's our shepherd. And for him to be our shepherd, we have to be a sheep and not a goat. So he said, he's, he's, he's a shepherd over sheep and not over goats. So keep that in mind. So we've dealt with many subjects. Today, I want to revisit a subject I treated a couple of years ago. And I want to revisit it uh, from a different dimension. Because the times we live in requires that you and I must have a better understanding and appreciation why God requires or expects certain things from you and I. And we must also make sense of why we are here. 
why we are still here, why we are alive, and why we have come into the world for such a time like this, that we haven't come here by chance or by accident, and we haven't come into this world to just do whatever we please and we choose and we want, be born, go to school, get a good job, earn money, make children, take care of them, pay your bills, live long, prosper, die, and go to heaven. Life is better than that, and it is more than that. God requires and have great expectations of you and I that we are here to perform a duty. And understanding of that makes all the difference. Because when you understand that you are here to perform a duty, you are here for a mission. Jesus said, it is finished, means it is accomplished. Assignment is accomplished. My reason for being is done. And Paul said, I have finished my course. I have finished my course. It is important for you to appreciate this, that until we finish the duty, the mandate for which we came, that whether it's coronavirus, it doesn't matter what it is, that nothing has power over you and I, and that heaven is under obligation to ensure that we have provision of everything and that we are protected and preserved irrespective of what happens in the times we live in. The Bible said, the Lord knoweth them that are his. Nevertheless, let anyone that nameth the name of Jesus depart from iniquity. So heaven is under obligation to protect them that are his. And I'm going to take you into things for you to have that understanding and appreciation because it is only when we understand that we can uh, avoid misunderstanding. Because when you, where you see misunderstanding is a lack of understanding. And where you see understanding, you never find misunderstanding there. So come with me to the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verse 6 to 9. Haggai 2, 6 to 9. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth, and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Yeah, it, it, there's something very interesting here. When, when I was a young preacher, I, I used to battle with it, and uh, I, I couldn't make sense of it for many years until recent time. And it has to do with the connection between the, the glory of the latter house. The glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. And, and then when he talks about in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. And then the silver and the gold. I did not see the connection between the silver and the gold with the glory of the church. The house here means the church, the ministry. I didn't see the connection. And I used to say, God, what does the silver and the gold has to do with your house and the glory of the latter house and peace? I don't get it. But as times went on, as I have come of age and mature, I realized, ladies and gentlemen, that in, in every country, uh, as soon as you start any money, uh, the, the government expects you to pay tax. They expect you to pay tax, and there are categories, as soon as you start any money. 
And when I, I was young, I used to say that, uh, but when you are broken, you don't have money. The government doesn't give you money to set, business, to set up business. But as soon as you start making money, then they come to tax you. It's not fair. But as times went on, I began to appreciate that that tax is a recognition of ownership. That the state is telling you that we cut the money. We own it. Like state property, lands, anything. The government can demand anything he wants. That is the power of government, of state. And it's telling you that I own it. And that's why you have to pay tax. And they'll harass you till you pay the tax. Even though they won't give you money to set up business. But you still owe it to government to pay tax. It doesn't make sense. But that is a demand and expectation. And it is required of you as a citizen to do so. It's the same thing if you look at this scripture. God is saying, it looks like I'm being taken, grant, I'm being taken for granted by, by humanity. People don't appreciate and understand that the gold is mine, the silver is mine, that I created everything. And that people are just living, nations are taking me for granted, everybody is taking me for granted, I will shake all things. And when I shake, let me see where men will stand. Let me see what will become the sea stands of political powers or kingdom and tribes. Let me see what will become of tribal kingdoms and of political kingdoms and of nations and of economies. Let me see what shall become of them when I shake all things. He said, I will shake all things that men will know that I am the creator. I created all things. I made all things. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. I will shake all things to men acknowledge my sovereignty and my right of ownership and that I am who I am and I am that I am. When King Nebuchadnezzar was making boast of Babylon, the empire of Babylon, and of what, what he had accomplished, the Bible said, just when the words were in his mouth, the voice of the Lord echoed from eternity into time and said, King Nebuchadnezzar, you have been weighed and found one thing. That because you've taken credit for this kingdom and for all this done and accomplished, and you haven't acknowledged the sovereignty of the Almighty and the place of God in all of this and the rule of Jehovah and Adonai. He said, your status and value has been reduced to that of the beast of the field and that you will go into the forest and you will eat the grass of the field as a beast for seven years until you acknowledge the sovereignty of the Almighty and the Creator then shall you come back to your senses. That was powerful. But that is what happens when men take credit of the creation of Almighty God. When men, irrespective of who we are, take credit for that which belongs to God and refuse to acknowledge Him, we run into trouble. And one of the things that I was telling them at the first service is that the Bible said, honor the Lord with the first fruit of all your increase. That word honor here means give to God the respect and the acknowledgement due him. Acknowledge his right of ownership. Acknowledge his right of ownership. How do we do that? I always tell people around me, I said, when I give you money to go buy gas, I need a receipt. 
Why am I requesting for a receipt? It's not because I don't trust you. I want to make sure that the money I give you is used for the purpose for which I give it to you. That is accountability. And I tell the people around me all the time, I say, whenever you want anything that is mine, don't take it without my blessing. It will bring a curse. If you take anything of mine without my blessing and without my permission, it will bring a curse. What does it mean? This is what it simply means. When you ask for anything of mine and I give it to you, you don't just have my shoes if I give you my shoes, but you also have my blessing. And my blessing is important than the shoes. So when God says, give me 10% of your income, what he's saying is, the silver is mine. The gold is mine. You didn't come with it. You won't go with it. It belongs to me. And I'm asking you to acknowledge that fact by presenting 10% of everything. And if you acknowledge me with that 10%, which I have asked you to set aside, the 90 that is left, you can have it with my blessing. I will bless the 90. You have my blessing to use the 90 and you will prosper. You'll be comfortable. But if you don't give me the 10, even the 100 you have, it will be without my blessing. And if the 100 is without my blessing, it's a curse. Why is it a curse? Because you don't have my blessing, it's not blessed. And the devourer will come after you and come after the hundred and mess you up. And you will always struggle or sweat. But if you give me the ten, that is a statement of acknowledgement and honor. That you acknowledge that the silver is mine and the gold is mine. And that I have the right of ownership. That I have the right to what I created. And when you give me that recognition... You can have my blessing. That's what the Bible said. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. What does it mean? It means that you can have riches. You can be blessed. You can have riches, but without the blessing of the Lord, you can be rich and have sorrows. But when you have the blessing, you can have riches without sorrows. So what the blessing does is the blessings removes the sorrow from the riches. The blessings exempts you from the sorrows or the attacks of the adversary. Let me explain to you. Sometimes I've had, I've given things to people. Then somebody will see it and they don't know I give it to them. And they'll come to say, Papa, I saw so so and so using this and using that. You're this, you're that. And I said, yes, I give it to them. As soon as I say, yes, I give it to them, they back up, they stand down. What does that mean? When God says, if you bring in the tithe, I will rebuke the devourer. The devourer cometh not but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. John chapter 10, verse 10. That is Satan's job. Satan's job is to kill and to steal and destroy humanity. Then the Bible says that your adversary, the devil, is like a rolling lion seeking who he may devour. Satan's business is to devour people. is to destroy people's joy, their peace, their livelihood, their happiness, everything. That is what Satan is interested in. He's the devourer. He comes to devour. And God said, if you acknowledge me and my right of ownership over my creation, 
whenever I bless you through the acknowledgement, whatever you possess of my creation, if the devourer comes after you or after it, I will step in and tell the devourer, stay on your side of the line, leave them alone, they have my blessings. Are you clapping? So, I'm telling you that it doesn't matter what argument we put up until you understand that life, health, money, skill, connections, that they all belong to God and that he, he has the right of ownership to everything, even the breath we breathe, he has the right of ownership. And that until he's acknowledged, he's not pleased with you and I. He's only pleased with us when we acknowledge his right of ownership, then he gives us the blessing to use anything he created. But when we don't give him the, that recognition of the right of ownership, we have no business and right using anything he created. It's a very serious thing, I'm telling you. If you have ever forgotten any message I preached in this church for the last 44 years, never forget what I'm telling you today. Because you see, your longevity and your preservation, even in these times of coronavirus, it has everything to do with your value, your usefulness, and your understanding of what I'm telling you. That you and I are stewards of everything and possessors of nothing. And hear me, if nations, if nations made in the image of God can protect their own citizens, provide for their citizens in countries because they are there to service and advance, slowly please, slowly, and advance the cause of their foreign interest. Then you must understand that Almighty God is under obligation to provide for his own. That's what the Bible said, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And the Lord is a shepherd to those who are sheep and not goats. Goats are stubborn. Goats are rebellious. Goats are disobedient. Goats insist on their right. Goats want to do their own thing. Goats scatters. Goats divides. Goats don't move with others. They are always scattering and always causing confusion. And the Lord is not a shepherd of goats. He's a shepherd of sheep. And you and I are stewards of everything. I'll show you one or two scriptures. Come with me. Come with me to Psalm 24 and verse 1. 24 and verse 1. Psalm 24 and verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. You see, he said the earth, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell in it. He's, what's he saying here? He said, I own it. I created it. It's mine. And I don't appreciate anybody using what I created to their benefits and refuse to acknowledge me. I don't appreciate it. You know, 
Alexander the Great conquered the entire then world. Before he died, he told his generals, and he said when he died, he wanted them to spread all his silver and gold and wealth and the booties of nations that he acquired during the time of his life. They should spread it from his palace to where he will be buried. And then he said he wanted his hands hanging out of his casket. And he wanted his casket to be carried by the best physician in the country. So his general asked him, Alexander the Great of the Grecian Empire, what meaneth these three things? He said, number one, spreading the wealth from his palace to his graveyard is to make a statement that nothing we acquire in our lifetime we will take with us. We came naked and we'll go naked. We'll leave it behind. I've yet to see somebody who acquired houses, cars, properties, diamonds, gold, who died and took it to the grave. You ain't going with it. Somebody will enjoy it for you. I'm just telling you. I'm not going. So while you are alive, use it for the kingdom. Use it to enhance his house and the glory of the latter house. The glory of the latter house. Haggai 2. Use it for the glory. To expand the glory of the latter house. The ministry. Because that is what matters. That is what matters after you live here. I'm telling you. What will matter is not what we did for our wives, our husbands, and our children. No. Those things don't count in eternity. What counts in eternity is what we did for the house. And the glory of the latter house. That the church, the ministry, those are the things that count. Then he said, the house, out, the hands outside of the casket is to make a statement that we came empty-handed and we will live empty-handed. And uh, the best of physicians in this country means when the time and the moment comes for you to die, no amount of good physicians can save your life. Alexander the Great said that. So hear me. You must understand one thing. That you are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You are not here to do your own thing. You are on a mission. Now, I want to show you some scriptures to help you make sense of what I'm saying that you are a steward. You don't own your own life. You don't belong to yourself. You have a master. In the olden days, they sell slaves at the marketplace. And when someone comes to buy you as a slave, as soon as he pays for you, you become his personal property or servant or slave. You bear his name. From that time going, you don't own yourself. You, are, you belong to someone. And you do the will of the one that purchased you. And the Bible says, for we are bought with a price. Not by an incorruptible seed. But purchased or redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. So we belong to someone. When I hear people say, leave me alone. I can do what I want to do. It's my life. It's my body. Nothing is yours. It's not your life. 
The breath we breathe is not yours. Your body is not yours. Your life is not yours. A young man, very wealthy, said, look at all my achievements and the things I've done, how hard I have worked, and this and that. And the Bible said, the Lord said, fool, tonight your soul shall be required of thee. And he died that night and left everything. Let not your confidence be derived from accomplishment, from possessions. From a, a man's life does not consist by the abundance of things he possesses. So if you are confident in life because of possessions, because of positions, because of influence, because of connection, you are to be pitied among all men. Because your lifespan is very short. But if your confidence is derived from the fact that you know the Lord, that he executes judgment and justice and righteousness on earth, then your longevity is guaranteed. Are you hearing me, somebody? Put your hands together and give him praise. Now, come with me to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. Matthew 25, from verse 14 to the 19th verse. Look at something here. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. You see, when I was young, I thought that this parable has to do with events of the earth. It's not. He said, for the kingdom of heaven. So this has to do with an event that is yet to take place and it will happen when we get to the other side. Yeah. And you see, parables are earthly meanings, uh, earthly sayings with heavenly meanings. Parables are earthly sayings with heavenly meanings. So when he said the kingdom of heaven, he's talking about an event that is yet to happen. But he's speaking in parables. Go ahead. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servant. Underline the word, his own servant. His own servant. So we are his servants. We are his servants. We are stewards. Go ahead. And delivered unto them his goods. Underline the word, his goods. His goods. The goods you think are yours are not yours. Is his. The silver is mine and the gold is mine. It is his goods. We are caretakers. We are stewards. We are trustees. We hold in trust the life we have, the breath we breathe, the talents and the giftings, the skills and the capacity and the abilities. We hold, we hold all things in trust. Go ahead. And unto one he gave five talents, mm -hmm. to another two, uh -huh. and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straight, straightway took his journey. You see, watch this. A lot of people think that the talents are abilities. It's not. The word talent here is the name of the money they use in those days. And I don't want to go into the details of the today's market value of five talents, two talents, and one. I don't want to go into all that. But talent, they are money in those days was called talents. 
So talents here is referring to money. And I want you to get it. If it is ability, then he wouldn't have said, to one he gave five and another two and one according to their several abilities. So when he talks about talent, he's not talking about ability or gifting or skill. He's talking about money. Now watch this. He said, to one was given five talents, to another was given one, another two, according to their ability to manage or to handle it. Now this is the problem we have in life. It means that the man that had two hadn't developed the ability to handle five. And the one that had one had not developed the ability to handle two. Now in life, I was standing at the first service, when people say, I don't have money, I don't have money, it means that you haven't developed value. Because you can't demand unless you are in demand. You can't demand unless you are in demand. And you'll never be in demand until you have developed value. And it is not how hard you work that determines your value. It is how hard you work on yourself that determines your value. That's why a young man and a young woman comes to the job and earns more than someone that has been there for 20 years. And the one that has been there for 20 years is angry with the one that just came and is earning more than him or her. You know what the difference is? It's a matter of value. The one that just came have worked and improved on his or her value. So they come to the business or to the marketplace and because they have developed value, you can't just pay them anything. So lack of money is lack of value. More value gives you more money. Bill Gates, Bill Gates didn't create his business by money. It was an idea. He met a need and by Meeting a need, creating a solution and an answer, gave him more money. The, the inventor of Facebook, Twitter, and all these young men with billions, they didn't have money. They had understanding, created a solution and an answer to meet a need, and money came to them. People who chase and follow money never get money. And people who kill for money and put more value on money than relationship with God and than relationship with human beings, they don't last and they don't live long. They take shortcuts and run into problems. What determines what you get at the marketplace is not how hard you work, but it is taking time to improve on yourself, to increase your value. When you increase your value, you will get more at the marketplace. And let me tell you something. If you work, if you work for salary, and you work just for job, job, my job, my job, my job, my job, my job, my job, and salary, you will never have wealth. 
Yeah. Wealth comes to those who create it. And you create wealth. You create wealth by making sacrifices. You sweat. You give us certain comforts. You give us certain privileges to create wealth. Now, what brings wealth is the blessing of the Lord. And the blessing of the Lord comes to those who acknowledge him and maintains and protect their relationship with God no matter what. And I told you something the other day that Satan was not interested in Job's children nor his health, nor his money. What he was interested in was Job's relationship with God. Because he knew that as long as Job's relationship with God was intact, he would bounce back. But if he can get Job to curse God, deny God, walk away from God, Job was finished. So when he killed his children, he didn't stop there. He attacked his health. He did not stop there. He destroyed all his wealth. He didn't stop there. What he wanted was Job's relationship with God. And no matter what happens to you, if you maintain your relationship with God and still seek God and be as Job, who said, though he slays me, yet will I trust him. As long as your relationship with God is intact, I guarantee you, you can never go wrong. You will always bounce back. And your latter will be greater and better than your past. If you believe it, put your hands together. Shout yes. Shout yes. Shout yes. So realize this. That it's all about value. And value has to do with developing capacity. Developing capacity for the future. There are a lot of people out there. You know, somebody said something that really made sense. He said, if a day comes and all the wealth of this world is taken from everybody and equal, shared equally to everybody in this world, in the matters of a year or two, the money will go back into the hands of those who had it before. And those who didn't have it before, who had equal amount, like everybody else, will lose it. Why? They haven't developed capacity. They don't know the value and the use of money. It has taken me 40 years to understand that money is not for spending, but money is for investment. 30 years ago, when we moved in here, from ShopRite to Sakumono Junction, and East Legon. There were lands all over. People were calling me to come and buy lands. They were offering me an acre of land at East Legon for $100. In those days, I wasn't interested. Today, go to East Legon. Ask for a plot of land. As soon as they mention the price, you begin to speak in tongues. And I had money. I was buying suit. I was buying things. I didn't know that you don't spend money to buy things. I didn't know that money is not for spending, but money is for investment. So what do you spend? You spend the profit of the money, but you don't touch the money. Because money is not for spending, money is for investment. I didn't know that. 
if I knew that then, I had money in those days, far than even now. Very young. The only charismatic church in town. I was huge, I was big. And I was getting money. I was traveling, making money. I didn't know what to do with the money. I just spent the money some way, bazaar. I own lands at East Legon, all over the Springtex Road. Nobody taught me. When I lived in America, I was telling at the first service, at the time I couldn't pay my children's school fees, I was very broke. Nobody knew me, and nobody invited me for me to preach. I wasn't making money. One time I was driving with Bishop T.D. Jakes, we were going for lunch, and we were talking, and he said to me, how are you doing since you've been in America? And I told him how I was struggling and things were difficult and how I needed financial help. He didn't say anything. The next day, I was invited to go and preach for Daystar. Then after that, I started having invitations to preach at mega churches. And they saw Bishop T.D. Jake said, I'm good, so they should invite me. So when I went, they blessed me. And I started making money from all over the place. That was how he gave me money. He wasn't going to give me his personal money. He wasn't going to kill for me to eat. Yeah. So what he was trying to tell me, that preacher, African preacher, if you say you are anointed, prove it. What do you mean? I will give you opportunity. I will open the doors for you. Go and let your anointing and your gift make room for you. He didn't just put his hand in his pocket and give me money. Yeah, that is the real way in life. You teach people how to fish and they will survive. If you give them fish all the time, you are not helping them. But if you teach them how to fish, they can survive. And that is the responsibility of every father and any wise man. Teach others how to fish. And it's all about value. If you improve yourself, Sometimes I look at staff. I have a lot of staff. And sometimes I don't like some staff attitude. And I'll tell you why. Someone said, well, we've been here all these years. This person just came. And they are paying him or her all this money. How about as an opinion? It's not how long you've been here. What is your value? What kind of value are you bringing to the table? That is what determines your money. That is what determines your benefit. Not how long you've been around, but the value you bring to the table. It's the same thing in God. God is under obligation to protect those who bring value to his house, who bring value to his glory, to his kingdom. And I'll show you a very interesting scripture. How God will spare the life of those who bring value to his house versus those who just sit in the church. And all they do is to use God's blessings on themselves and their immediate family and they don't think about the glory of the house. That is not under obligation to protect. Let me show you something. Come with me to Psalm 40. Psalm 40, verse 7 and 8. Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O oh my God. Yea, thy law is written, is within my heart. You see? What is your delight? Sometimes I ask people, what is your passion? 
And they say, my passion is this, my passion. Let me tell you something. Your passion means nothing to God. What matters to God is you taking delight in his will. The difference between the first Adam and the second Adam is this. The first Adam decided to do his own thing. He wanted to have his own way. And God said, no problem. You can have your way, but you face the consequence. Yeah. For there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is dead. The second Adam had the right to insist on his own will, to do what he wanted. But he said, Father, not as I will, but as thou willest. And Jesus said, I have come as it is written of me in the volumes of the book. I delight in your will. Your law is in my heart. I'm here to perform a duty to do the will of the Father, not my will. And to do his will means you have to give up something. You have to sacrifice something to fulfill the Father's will and the Father's demand and the Father's desire. It's a very serious thing here. To everyone here, under the sound of my voice, Jeremiah 1.5, he said before, you became a clot of blood in your mother's womb, I knew you. Your life was destined before you came into this world. Before you were born, you were destined to perform a duty, to fulfill a purpose. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You are better than you think you are. You are more than just living and making money, paying bills and taking care of your kids and dying and leaving an inheritance to children and to loved ones who don't care about God and don't care about how you suffered, how you went through things to acquire it. They don't even know the value of what they have inherited and they use it anyway, anyhow. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll give an account. Go ahead. Back to Matthew 25. Then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same uh -huh. and made them other five talents. Uh -huh. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. Uh -huh. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth uh -huh. and hid his Lord's money. Uh -huh. After a long time. You see, the that Lord is where the problem is. So. After a long time. So many people say, well, Paul said in his days, in the end time, in the end time, and it's 2,000 years now, and the end time hasn't yet come. When is the end time coming? Ladies and gentlemen, don't be fooled. He said after a long time, and remember that to God, a day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day to God. So a long time coming, a year, a thousand years, a day or two, as long as God is concerned. For God, 2,000 years means two days. Yeah, 2,000 years. To God, it means two days. So it is man limited that can act foolishly and think tragically to say that, well, it's been long. He said after a long time, the master came. Go ahead. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh. The Lord of the servant. Church, we are his servants. And our Lord will come. But it's, it's a while and he will come. Go ahead. 
And he reckoned with them. Uh -huh. He reckoned with them. There is a day of accountability. Write down these four things. Number one, number one, number one, ownership. The principle of ownership. Principle of ownership. What does that mean? God owns the silver, the gold, the earth is his, the fullness thereof, and all them that are therein. Their principle of ownership. He owns all things because he created it. He's a creator. Where were you in the beginning when he said, let there be light? And there was light. Where, were, where was your theology and your philosophy and your argument? Where were you when he spoke to the waters and said, let the waters gather themselves at one place and place a perpetual decree and embargo on the waters of the earth and said you will not proceed further and you will not come to town and you stay here until I say otherwise and the waters complied and obeyed. Where were you? When he said let there be light, there was light and he created the stars of the heaven and the sun for the a ruler of the day and the moon as a ruler of the night. Where were you? Where was your philosophy? Where was your logic and your legal arguments? Where was your sciences? Go ahead. Let's go to, yeah, the four principles. Principles of ownership, principle of responsibility. That is on your side. We have a responsibility. Principles of accountability, principles of reward. The principle of reward. Uh, because of time, I want to show you something quickly. Uh, my scripture on Malachi. Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. I want to show you something. I want to stop and we'll continue next week. And yeah. they shall be mine, say the Lord of hosts. And they shall be mine. And look at those who shall be his. If you want to be among his jewels, please understand what I'm saying. They shall be mine, saith Adonai. Sayeth Yahweh, the God of the armies of heaven and the gods of the armies of the earth. Sayeth Yahweh. Look at it. Go ahead. In that day when I make up my jewels. In that day when I make show of my jewels. God said, there are those I will call my jewels on that day. And there are some within and among my children. I will ignore them. But for others, they will be my jewels. Go ahead. And I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall you return. Listen, listen. Up. This is very serious. He said, in the times of coronavirus and pandemics, I will spare them who are my jewels, who serve my cause, who advance the glory of my house. I will spare them as a father spirit a son that serves him it means there are sons who don't serve their father's interest and there are sons who serve their father and he said the sons who serve their father i will spare them yeah so our preservation protection deliverance and longevity even in these times of this great pandemic has everything to do with our value to God's house, our 
relationship with Adonai, the more valuable we are to him, heaven is under obligation to protect and to preserve. That's why if you watch all these foreign embassy, they live very close to the airport. They have to be at a certain distance away from the airport. And when crisis comes, they evacuate them first before they go for citizens. And hear me, when it comes to provision, the American embassy is not under obligation to provide for every American citizen in Ghana. It only protects and provides for embassy staff. So get this thing. <clears throat> All truth is parallel. All truth is parallel. So watch this. God doesn't just protect just everybody because we are always here. No, 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 no. Generally, yes. But when it comes to matters like specifics, like his jewel, he pays more attention to those who bring value. That's why, listen, there's a scripture, eh? I'll show you next week, last, next week. It bothered me, but it not make sense to me. Jesus said, and he's there, I'll show you next week. He said, to him that have shall more be given, and to him that have not, even what he has shall be taken from him, and more shall be given to him that have. I didn't like it. And I said, God, why do you think that way? You are the same God who said we should help the poor and give to the poor. Now you are saying that you will take from the one who don't have the poor and give it to the one who has to have more. It means that you are saying that the poor shall be poorer and the rich shall be richer. I don't agree with that principle. That's, that was my thinking. But as I went on growing in the Lord and understanding the principles of God, I realized that God is a very wise God. He gives us our, all 24 hours in a day. What you do with your 24 hours is what determines your value at the close of the day. Yeah. It's the same privilege we all have, but it's what you do with your time. It's what you do. We all come from the same father and mother. But one is better than another. Why? It's not because they didn't come from the same womb. It has everything to do with how one applied themselves and one just let things go and give up, restrain, and don't care. You can't blame anybody. You have to take responsibility. Whether you fail or succeed in this life is your decision. To take a decision is a decision. Not to take a decision is a decision. So whatever you become in life, it has everything to do with choices you make. You have no right blaming anybody, pointing finger at your father or your mother, or friends or lover or siblings. You must understand how the principle works. That is not how hard you work, but it is how hard you work on yourself. Improve yourself, become better, and your value will go up. And whenever your value goes up, you don't have to ask for money, you get more money.
Then shall you return and descend between the righteous and the wicked. Listen on. Between him that serveth God. No, 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 watch it, watch it, watch it. Him I'm going to stop here, but you got to watch this. Go ahead. It's then, then shall you return and descend between the righteous and the wicked. Uh-huh. Between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. You see? You see where it is? And this, he's not talking to the world, though. He's talking to people in church. And he's saying, my jewels will be determined by those who serve God in the church and those who don't serve God. Those who serve their own interests. Those who use me for themselves and those who serve my interests. Those who advance the glory of the latter house of this church. On that day when we stand, I'll show you next week Sunday, that when we get to the other side, there is going to be accountability of stewardship. And I'll show you the number. It's about 11 things we are steward of. One of them is our life. Another is gifts. And another is time. Another is money. Another is your health, good health. And your body. Hear me. There is a day of accountability. And whatever we become in this world, it's a privilege, an opportunity given to you and I to do something with it, to advance the glory of the latter house, Haggai chapter 2. That is what it's all about, the ministry. And it is when we do that, that when we cross over to the other side, he will say, Thou good and faithful servant, come into your master's rest. And that is where Matthew 25 will come to bear. Because you will see those who labored, those who did things for the kingdom. And hear me, I'm not saying you shouldn't bless your children. Bless them. Give them inheritance. Do things for them. But do more for the church. Do more for the glory of the latter house. Do more for the kingdom because that is why we are all blessed. It's more about this house, his building. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. It's more about the church, his building, than your personal family and my personal family. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, may you make sense of the reason of your being. It is about responsibility and stewardship. Please stand. that you were blessed by that message and we look forward to sharing God's word with you once again. For more information on this and many other Action Chapel International products and messages, you may visit our Dominion Bookshop located on the premises of Action Chapel, Spintex Road. Or you may call our offices on 030-701-1851. Or you may also visit us online at www.actionchapel.net. Once again, thank you for joining us today. And may your life continue to be changed in God's presence.